Well, amen, amen. Good morning, everyone. It is so great to see all of you here. And for those of you who are joining us online, uh, I'm Ricky Ayala, the senior pastor of this congregation, and I welcome all of you. And I want to say hello to those who are listening to our podcast as you're driving or, or running, but you maybe not be running, hopefully you're not running in this weather. Uh, but we are in our third, excuse me, I, I think it's the fourth week or fifth week of our sermon series that is titled, He Chose the Nails. It is a study by Max Lucado, and we're doing it throughout the whole Lenten season. We began on March 6th, and we're going to end it on April 17th for Easter. I pray that the messages have been a blessing to your life as we look into the life of Jesus and what he went through prior to him being crucified on the cross. And in fact, I'm going to go and invite you to please open up your Bibles to the uh, Gospel book of Matthew. It's going to sound uh, similar or because I have read this same passage throughout these past weeks, but I want to use this as a reminder. Matthew 27, beginning on verse 27. If you have your own Bible, the, I'm reading from the NLT version, but the words will be up on the screen also. So beginning on verse 27, it says, Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire regiment. Now they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head, and they placed a wreath stick on his right hand as a scepter. Then they knelt before him in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him and grabbed the stick and struck him on the head with it. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. I want to continue on with verse 32. Along the way, they came across a man named Simon who was from Cyrene, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. And they went out to a place called Golgotha, which means a place of the skull. Now the soldiers gave Jesus wine mixed with bitter gall, but when he tasted it, he refused to drink it. After they nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Then they sat around and kept guard as he hung there. A sign was fastened above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him. It read, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And I know that uh, Cole prayed for me already, but let me just pause for a word of prayer at this moment. God, as we are preparing to receive of your word today, we're thankful for this day. We're thankful for the technology that allows us to go beyond our walls into the devices of those who are watching with us at this moment. And God, we're thankful for the spirit uh, is, is moving, has been moving in our midst. And at this moment, as we receive of your word, God, let our ears be attentive to your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wood. Knife. Screwdriver. Rebar. What do those things have in common? Those are just a few examples of objects that have actually pierced through people's hands. I remember years ago as I walked out of a room into a living room, there was uh, a sofa, uh, a chair, and one of those that wasn't leather, the, the, the cloth. And so there was an individual, a man, who just sat down, and I heard him scream. And part of the screaming was that he didn't realize that the person before them was actually sewing in that chair. 
And then normally, you know, as you know, when you go into the, ne- the, the, the needle, uh, this person happened to leave a needle on the, ch- on the arm of that. So when he sat down and he lifted up his hand, he showed it to me and there was the needle. I know. And then he goes and just pulls it out. And then they call 911 to get me off the floor. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I tell you, no. So needles is another way, another object that's gone through people's hands. I saw one personally. I remember years ago when I was younger, uh, back before the, there were video games, back before there were devices and cell phones and things, that's at the time when the kids in the community, if they, uh, they were all gathered together because they were quote-unquote bored. They wanted to do something together, and we all huddled together in front of a house uh, in our neighborhood. This is in Puerto Rico when I was in fifth grade, and, and it was an area where there was a, uh, the road would come down and just turn, and that house right there was the one that had the most ground that we can we can play and we would come up with these you know dumb games at times but it was so much fun uh the innocence of children and so we didn't have bats and so we did find a ball so we started using our hands so someone would pitch and you would hit uh with the hand and we started selecting uh bases uh, and so one of them was a, a fence, like the, the pole of a fence, and then another one was, was near the, the road where, where, where it turned, and then another, the other side was the, uh, a fence. And so it was first, second, and, and, and third, and then where the, where we were at home. And so it came time for me to, um, uh, to quote-unquote bat, right? And so it was pitched, I hit it, and I went towards first base, and well, the base, right? And... So I, I got in, as, and, and I was able to touch the, 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 the fence, and I was safe, right? So I was all happy with it. And, and so while we were waiting who was going to bat, I, I placed my hand on the top of the fence where there was a pole, the, the pole, and then I believe it was, it's called the eye. If anybody here is in construction, I think they, or, or knows about fence, the thing is that there's an eye in the top that holds the pole, and the pole was actually a little bit beyond the eye, and then the other side it will be caught. So uh, while I'm waiting there for the next uh, 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 person uh, to bat, the pole came off from the other end and then caught my hand on this eye, this uh, the part of the, uh, of the fence. And it was such a, a like, quick reaction. The first reaction I did was I pulled. Yeah. And so when I looked down, it was, you know, it, it, didn't, it wasn't like a, a, a sharp pain or things. I was just in shock. Like, you know, I was like, oh, man. And, and so I went out, and when I looked down, a, a big chunk of my palm was sticking out. And I could see there was, there had to be bone. I saw white in there. <laughs> I was just like in shock, like the very, the very moment. I still wasn't in pain, and I and I talked to, to the kids, you know, and I and I remember one kid. He's screaming out. He ran on it, <laughs> and so as he's doing that, and I just went and I and I used my right hand and I pushed that piece of palm to the side, and all of a sudden this pain starting to hit, and the blood was just gushing out. Can imagine what a nail would do? 
Today's theme is God's plan through the nails. I searched in the internet and I said, what type of nails? And I was really disappointed because the first thing that came up was nails. And by the way, they got some fancy nails out there. Ladies, you know. I, <laughs> these are the wrong nails I'm looking for, right? But to find out that they, were, they come in different sizes. And I want to share with you because I was, I'm not, a, I'm not in construction. Some of you may be, but uh, there are parts of the nail. There is the head of the nail, then there's a shank, and then there's a point. The shank is the body of the nail. But within those three parts of the nail, each can provide a different, whether it's the shank is the, the, the length of the, uh, of the body, but the head, there's different types of heads. There are round heads. There are flat heads. There are checkered heads. There are countersink and cup heads. There are clipped heads. And then regarding the shank, it could be a, a smooth shank, it could be the spiral shank, it could be a, a ring shank. When it came to the point, it was diamond-shaped uh, points or, or blunt points, and I mean, there were, there were even types of different nails, and this, uh, you, can, you can put that up on there. There are different types of nails. For example, you may know uh, by looking at them which one is a common nail, and a box nail, and a, and a, and a sinker nail, and a, a deck nail, or a, a drywall nail. And if you ask me, I'll just say, it's a nail. <laughs> That's right, you're talking to someone when, uh, when my wife goes and tells me, hey, what kind of shoes are these? Um, Black. So no, you, 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 you don't know the, the brand. I'm thinking, nope. So it, it, it's, I can imagine as, as going before, even going through learning about these nails, going to the a home improvement store and having on my shopping list the word nails, and I just go through that aisle and I'm thinking, I'll just get any nail. It's just a nail. What difference could it be? Well, if you know, I, I should know better by now, after especially looking at all these different types of nails, is that every nail has a purpose, even when I don't understand it. Now, the same is true about the nails that tore through Jesus' flesh and feet, hands and feet. We have to understand that those nails had a purpose. Why a purpose? Because Jesus was not the only one who had ever been crucified or nailed to a cross. In studying for this sermon, I read that thousands of people were crucified prior to Jesus and in addition to the hands of the Romans. In the gospel account, we actually have two other individuals that are next to Jesus on the very same day that he is being crucified. Which, by the way, let me take a moment and uh, invite you to come out on Good Friday as we, I'm going to be sharing about those individuals that are on the cross with Jesus, but I won't give, you, give it away as for what I'm going to be saying. So if those two criminals were nailed and thousands of others who were nailed when they were crucified, what makes Jesus' uh, nails, being, being nailed to the cross, any different from theirs? I'm going to invite you to please open up to Colossians chapter 2, where I'm going to be reading verses 13 through 14. And it says this You were dead because of your sins, 
And because your sinful nature was not yet cut away, then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all sins. Now, I want you to pay particular attention to verse 14. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by what? Nailing it to the cross. In his book, He Chose the Nails, Max Lucado writes the following. Between the hand and the wood, which is the cross, there was a list. A long list of our mistakes, our lusts, our lies, our greedy moments, our prodigal years. A list of our sins. Dangling from the cross is an itemized catalog of our sins. God has penned a a list of our faults. The list God has made, however, cannot be read. The words cannot be deciphered. The mistakes are covered. The sins are hidden. Those at the top on on that list are hidden by his hand, and those that go below the hand are covered by the blood. Your sins are blotted out by Jesus, he wrote. He has forgiven all of your sins, wiped out the evidence of broken commandments which always hung over our heads and has completely annulled it by nailing it to the cross. Then he continued on by saying, Oh, the hands of Jesus, the hands of incarnation at his birth, hands of liberation as he healed, hands of inspiration as he taught, hands of dedication as he served, and hands of salvation as he died. The crowd at the cross concluded that the purpose of the pounding was to screw the hands of Jesus to the beam, but they were only half right. Through the eyes of Scripture, we see what others missed, but what Jesus saw. And I'm going to invite you to open up Romans chapter 3, and beginning on verse 22. And this is letting us know that Christ took our punishment. Verse 22 says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for our sin. People are made right with God when we believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. His sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. Verse 26 says, For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. See, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus knew the price of our sins was death. 
He knew the source of those sins was you, and since you couldn't bear the thought, uh, he couldn't bear the thought of eternity without you, he chose the nails. Max Wright, he says, the hand squeezing the handle on the mallet was not a, Ro a Roman infantryman. Uh, infantry the force behind the hammer was not an angry mob. The verdict behind, behind the death was not decided by jealous Jews. Jesus himself chose the nails. You know, as I recall the story I shared with you when I was younger about the fence, I remember, first of all, the shock, and actually, I actually still see the scar here and as a reminder of what happened, but also is as if it happened yesterday, even though it happened many years ago. But the pain, and then the blood gushing, and I'm thinking, like, what? Man, I don't know how it's going to be. And then I started, when, when, when I was crying, I wasn't necessarily, apart from the pain, I was thinking about, is this going to mess me up? Am I going to have usage of my hand for later on? So as I looked at my hand, I could imagine, ladies and gentlemen, what Jesus saw when he opened up his hand. And then he saw you see, for me, I didn't see the pole that was going to happen, but Jesus was seeing as it was taking place when he opened up his hand and they placed the tip of the nail. I can only imagine how long the shank was, the body, and he opened up his hand and seeing the hammer being raised and knowing what was to come. Not just once, then the other side. And then his feet being nailed to the cross. Jesus knew the purpose of the nails. And that was to place your sins, my sins, where they could be hidden by his sacrifice and covered by his blood. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, the Bible says this, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. So ladies and gentlemen, if we are to nail, the, the, uh, if we're going to hammer the nail on the cross, let it be the passions and our desires of our flesh, the, uh, the sins, and place them on the cross and crucify them there because the ultimate sacrifice was done through Jesus Christ. In that hand, the hand that stilled the sea still stills your guilt. The same hand that cleansed the temple cleanses your heart. The hand is the hand of God. The nail is the nail of God. 
And as the hands of Jesus opened for the nail, the doors of heaven opened for you, for me. What can we do with Jesus' purpose for the nails at the cross for us? We must choose. We must choose to either accept it or deny it. God will not force you to accept. There's a way of invitation, and usually when I think about Jesus Christ and his arms open, you ever have someone, when they go and see you, they're so excited that they put their hands up to give you a hug, to be embraced? This is an invitation. You must choose. Whatever you decide, know that it is only, only through Jesus that gives you that choice. But as for him, you can never take away what he did. And what did he do? He chose you. He chose you. He chose me. Ladies and gentlemen, he chose the nails. Let us pray. We thank you, God, for this opportunity of remembering that there is a purpose for those nails. The blood that was shed for our sins. The list of our faults, our sins, as we come before your presence and asking for forgiveness, God. We're thankful for the sacrifice that Christ did for us. As we continue to seek him, that we can turn our lives around and for our life to become alive in Christ. We're thankful, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today, ladies and gentlemen, one of the things I love to do is have communion with you at least once a month with all of you and by the way by the way as I'm preparing myself if you don't have the it's like a little looks like this little disposable cup it has the grape juice in the bottom and a little wafer up top if you don't have it please raise your hand the ushers will make sure that you grab one as we receive communion and by the way if you're here for the very first time this is not a denominational table this is Christ's table that's going to be set before you for all to receive of his blessings and his grace and remembering what Christ has done. On the night, as we come together here, we remember the night before he gave himself up on the cross for you and for me. He had a meal with his disciples and at one point he took the bread and then he gave thanks. He then broke it. And he told them, take and eat, for this is my body broken for you. He then took the cup and gave thanks. Then he told them, drink from it, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. 
So before we go and take communion, let's just pause for a word of prayer and lead into the Lord's prayer. And God, we are thankful that as we take this moment to remember your words that Christ shared with his disciples, and here we are today, united by your precious Holy Spirit, remembering the night before he gave himself up, where he shared that his body would be broken, that his blood would be shed for our sins, for us, that you would do it for us, God. And God, at this very moment, we just pause to say we're sorry, God, to confess our sins with you. So church family, wherever you are here or uh, wherever you are watching us, pray to God and, and whatever is, whatever, whether it's shame, whether it's guilt, whether, you know, knowing the sin that you have committed, um, put, put it in God's hands. And to know that you will be forgiven, but we must be honest with God. So take this moment right now to do so.